Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 154. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And Aww. Jen is not here. <laughs> wah, wah. It's so it's okay. funny because I oh it just that's how we've we didn't even ever talk about how to do the introductions. That's all that just like organically how it happened. And so in my mind I can hear her say, and I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's not there, it makes me sad. <laughs> so we're not we're talking about Jen uh, in the past, like <laughs> like she's gone, but she's just not here today for our recording um, because, as I uh, <laughs> explained earlier, she underestimated her. Oh, she overestimated her ability to day drink and make it back home in time. For our recording, so we are doing it. We're taking one for the team, and we are recording without her today. <laughs> yeah, plus you know she really deserves it. I mean, she did all her finals, and now she and now she has this little snippet of time between finals and yeah. finding a new place and um, getting all her like financial aid in order. So like kudos to her i'm not mad at her at all i mean i would have probably been like day drinking myself that's a lot yeah. that's a lot that's a lot yes so all that is to say is that we miss jen but we completely understand where she's coming from saludos jen <laughs> salud more like it salud salud jen. yeah All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana, and I have some juicy chisme for you. Well, I'm sure it's not juicy. I'm sure you've already heard it. It's all over the internet, but Blue Beetle, guys, it's going to be releasing August 18, 2023. I know you say 2023, but it'll be here before you know oh it. Oh, my gosh, you, it's you already going to be June. Half the year's I, over. I, yep. I was making plans for an event next month for our Pride event, and I was like, oh, my gosh, not only... Is this event going to come so quickly? My birthday is in June. Um, hashtag buy me gifts and send me money. But um, <laughs> I'm like, how did that happen so quickly? It's just the whole entire ha first half of the year just like flashed before my eyes. Yeah, I'm still catching up. It just, I, I think I'm still writing 2020. Like, <laughs> I'm not even writing 2022. 2020 on all my notes and shit. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm very excited about, uh, like I said, Blue Beetle. There are some set photos that are now on the internet of Sholo Madrigueña in full costume um, on on the set of Warner Brothers filming Blue Beetle, which is amazing. And fans aren't getting enough of that. They just love the costume. It looks amazing. Um, just Google it and you'll find it right away. He looks so handsome. I I see him in the pictures with full the full outfit. And then I see like an assistant with like the umbrella over him. And I must think, I think to myself, I'm like, my God, how much work is that <laughs> to be in a hot set in that really thick, beautiful costume? But yeah. he looks amazing. He looks amazing. 
Um, so yeah, I didn't know this either, but apparently Susan Sarandon is replacing Sharon Stone on the Blue Beetle movie. I'm not sure what characters that we're gonna oh. play, but I'm just surprised that there's uh there's already a switch in in actors on um the movie. So that was pretty pretty interesting. Um also, um, I don't know if you guys know, but Sholo Madrigueña is uh, one of the main characters in Cobra Kai. Um, he's like really handsome, tall, dark, long hair, beautiful, brown he's eyes. Okay, long hair. Which one is he? <laughs> yeah, he he is uh, Miguel. Oh, I didn't. Uh, Miguel, I don't. Yeah, I don't see Miguel with long hair. He has kind of longish hair. It's like almost to his like ears, like halfway. Oh my ear. goodness! When you say long hair, I think like shoulder length, like. Oh like, no no, <laughs> medium hair, medium like, hair. Like what's that guy's name who was on the cover of all the romance? Um, oh the God, romance Fabio. Novels. Fabio, yeah, like Fabio yes. hair. Oh, that uh, see, me okay, out. you're dating yourself. You're dating <laughs> I yourself. Know. No, but you know what? Speaking of Fabio and dating myself, I moved to Los Angeles in 1997, and Fabio was the very first celebrity that I saw. Oh my god, no way. <laughs> I was standing is- two feet next to him and I'm like, oh my god. I mean I'm I don't think that he's handsome or I have I don't have a crush or anything, but it just was like so surreal to be standing next to someone who was famous. <laughs> now it That's happens all crazy. the time, but <laughs> Oh yeah. Now you're like, you know, Kristen Stewart, yeah, I know her. We used to hang. <laughs> yeah, like what's up? What's up, Kristen? <laughs> So yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, it's you. You know, we're LA based, so we see stars all the time. I mean, I ran into Dr. Dre at the Laker game. I mean, come on, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, but that did happen like in 1995 or something. <laughs> but yeah, that was like ooh, a big highlight. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, the adapted screenplay is by Gareth Donner Alcocer, which. He screenplay he adapted Miss Bala, and I thought, oh my god, Miss Bala was such a good movie. But then I found out it was a remake of Miss Bala, oh. which yes, with uh, so yeah, so but it was still a good movie. It was just completely different with the same name. But anyway, I'm very very excited for this standalone Latino led superhero movie of a Mexican American teenager named Jaime Reyes. So I'm super 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 excited. So that's my chisme. I'm excited too. I don't know much about Blue Beetle. I haven't really read um, any Blue Beetle at all. But the fact that it is the um, actor from Cobra Kai gets me excited because I think he does such an amazing job in that role. And he's he is really, really... Um, uh, talented, and I know that he really supports Latinx um, run endeavors because he actually shouted out uh the latino comics expo a couple of years ago i remember really oh my god mm-hmm. wouldn't it have been cool if he had showed up this time I around know. oh my god oh my god <laughs> i would have been like yes take a picture with me with me but <laughs> but yeah no that seems really really awesome so i'm really really totally excited about this movie um i don't care if it sucks i'm still gonna watch it like five times i don't care wait is it a movie <laughs> or a tv show no, it's going to be a movie. It oh, was okay. originally going to be uh, HBO Max I, on HBO Max, but now it's going to be like a theater release. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Ooh, dang. That is exciting. Very excited. Oh. 
All right, Kristen, you have something on your radar. What is on your radar? I do. So I think, I don't know if I ever had on my radar DC versus vampires um, months ago when it first came out. Um, but I think want to say that I did, but if I didn't, um, just so you know, as kind of a, a, a lead up to the book that's on my radar today, there is a DC versus vampires um, storyline going on uh, in the DC world, which obviously isn't in the main world, um, but there is a... Um, a bunch of vampires running around and they're all trying to turn uh, the superheroes, the the ones with powers, to get them on, on their side. And Dick Grayson is leading the helm of these vampires. He is the king of vampires. Well, this book that I have on my radar this week is called DC vs. Vampires, colon, Hunters. And this book is a one-shot um, <laughs> the way the DC describes it is a blood-soaked one-shot tale of vampire violence. Uh, so, and the main character is... Look, okay. I am ready to admit that I am now a fan of Damien uh, oh, Wayne. Oh, shit. I am... At first, I was like, he's just a little brat. But now, the more and more I read him and the more I am... Uh, seen him uh in storylines i'm kind of actually he's grown on me and i have an affinity for his little saltiness his little attitude <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a little yeah so um so he's the main character here and so um and the interesting part is that he is a vampire um what? and but okay. even though he's a vampire he is somehow um trying to do the right thing so he in this storyline basically is going after his even though they're not related by blood his brother dick grayson um and so uh this whole storyline uh follows damien basically trying to use uh martian manhunter as um an ally to get into uh, the castle or wherever the big building that Dick Grayson is um, living all, you know, with security and everything to kill him. And uh, Alfred gets involved. There's just a whole bunch of um, really cool elements to this storyline with Damien I kind of laughed out loud, I would say, multiple times reading this story because he's just <laughs> so, like, sassy. <laughs> and so um, I I uh, really recommend it. It's on my radar. And another thing about this book is that at the end of this one shot, it says, The End. But then it has a question mark. So that leads me to believe that somehow they're going to continue this storyline somewhere. And the DC versus Vampire story um, really got really uh, popular and a lot of people were buying it up. So I have to assume just like Marvel Zombies, how that took off and people really love it and still ask for it to this day, even though it's been decades since it came out. Um, I see kind of uh, DC versus Vampires uh, taking that same uh, route. So on my radar just came out this week, DC versus Vampires Hunters. All right, guys, now it's time for La Hora. 
Wait, hey. Kristen, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like doing it on my own. <laughs> es la hora de la, de cervecita. la cervecita. And this, this little cervecita we have in our hands today comes to us by Santa Monica Brew Works. And it is called 310 Stomped Shandy. So if you are not... Uh, familiar with what a shandy is it's basically a pilsner or wheat or more light-sided beers uh, paired with yummy lemonade and one step further Santa Monica Brewix goes one step further and they use hot dog on a stick lemonade Oh my gosh, oh, and if yes. you guys don't know, Hot Dog on a Stick is a very iconic uh, little like uh, hot dog stand um, that started in Muscle Beach in Santa Monica, uh, or Venice, uh, kind of like on the cusp, the little original hut. On a, actually, they just demolished that hut recently. Um, I they? used to run by it on the promenade on the Strand uh, every Saturday with my running group, and uh, this last um, this last training season, we ran by and it was all completely demolished, and that was super sad because that was like really an iconic little hut. It, it literally was a little hut, <laughs> um, and they're saying that they're gonna redo it and do it better or whatever. But I I really think there's something to be said for like that. That nostalgia of the original but uh so santa monica brew works the brewery that is based in santa monica and it's actually the very first brewery in santa monica and i want to say that it's still the only um no that's not two dudes is there at the mall but dudes is not originally in santa monica no, they originated from Santa Monica. in Torrance. They originated so, yeah. in Torrance, yeah. But anyway, Santa Monica Brew Works was the first brewery to show up in Santa Monica. And also, if you don't know, shandies are pretty seasonal, although I could drink them all year round, and I do at uh, <laughs> I do at the Red Car. <laughs> they have their own shandy that they make. Uh, and usually it's really popular in the summertime with their wheat beer uh, and their pilsner. But... Um, when they don't have wheat or their uh, electrolyte, I ask them to make it with their red, and it is just as good. Uh, and also, uh, Red Car adds a little Sprite to it as well and just mm-hmm. gives it yeah, that extra little a, kick. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So they have, Santa Monica Brewers has this shandy on tap at their brewery. And when I saw it, when we went uh, on Free Comic Book Day afterwards, we had a little decompression uh, <laughs> group meeting afterwards. And I tried it, and oh my gosh, it was so good, fresh off the tap. It's a 4.3 ABV, so very, very light um, and refreshing. And I saw that it was for sale. I think uh, Sarah bought some, and I'm like, oh my God, they have it canned. So oh, yes. I bought a four pack uh and then i drank the four pack and it was all gone i was super sad and so you know i was like i'm gonna go to the grocery store i'm gonna make my own shandy so i got (laughs) some lemonade i got some sprite because i like mine with sprite and i was going to peruse the beer aisle looking for uh, a pilsner or a wheat that would go well with it when lo and behold 
What did I see in the actual refrigerator but the Santa Monica Brew Works Stomped Shandy? So I bought it and I have it and it is just so good. I love it so much. And so um, we were going to try it today with Jen because she's the only one of us who hasn't tried it yet. But she's trying other stuff without us. So (laughs) here we are. Oh, my God. Yes. I just opened the can and the smell of lemonade Mm. just filled, the aroma just filled my nostrils and it's so good. Okay, those of you who listen who are not from Southern California, and it's not even Southern California, uh, anyone in a mall, honestly, I I grew up with with Hot Dog on a Stick at our local mall, Uh, not local, I had to drive to Visalia for Hot Dog on a Stick, (laughs) but I mean, it's not just... Even though it's it originated in Southern California, it expanded out, and I think that I mean wasn't it was well, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is actually about L.A. right, so that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think Reseda, <laughs> Reseda, California. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so if you don't have a hot dog on a stick near you, um, or you don't know about them, this place is a little like fast food type place that generally you see in mall food courts. And they are well known for their hand dipped corn dogs and cheese Mm -hmm. sticks and their hand stomped, quote unquote, fresh lemonade and the mm-hmm. the outfit that they make these poor oh. employees wear <laughs> are oh like God. little short shorts Iconic. with white red and yellow stripes and uh, maybe blue uh, yeah blue blue, blue 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 yellow and red stripes red yes yes uh and white and then they have a little like cone hat that they wear and like a little tank top it doesn't matter if you're male or female that is your <laughs> <laughs> that is yes. your costume outfit. that you're, yep. your outfit that you're wearing and you can walk by the little stand and see people it's almost like they have a jackhammer but they're literally physically hand stomping the lemonade right there fresh for you and i don't know what it is about that process or the lemons they make or what but it is just magic in my mouth not only that, I mean, the girls that wore the little outfits, because they look like toy soldier-like hats. Yes, big toy kind soldier of hats. hats, yeah. Yes, and so it's silly, but then it's kind of like... Okay, so like every okay, so you guys know that Fast Times at Rich Bow, huh? they like all the actions on the other side of the mall. Well, that was hot dog on a stick, all that action. Because <laughs> the all girls, the boobies were, were bouncing. Yes. <laughs> and the little outfits and... Um, I don't know what their hiring process was, but they were pretty much sort of like almost in the uh, kind of iconic like Hooter girl kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of status. But yeah. needless to say, we all grew up watching them. Um, you know what? That should be my Halloween costume. Hot dog on a oh stick girl. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that would be funny. But, um, but anyway, uh, we're talking about this beer and it is so freaking amazing. <laughs> it really is. I, I didn't, um, okay, so like I wasn't, when, when Kristen used to tell me about Shandy's and, and how she, you would drink them downtown Torrance, I'm like, what is she talking about? Until we started meeting at Torrance. <laughs> and then she's like, you should try a Shandy. And I had, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have these every time I'm in Torrance. <laughs> and lo and behold, that's all I do. Every time we go to Torrance to hang out, I always have to have a Shandy. And it's always freaking so refreshing and delicious. Yes. 
my mouth is watering just talking about shandies <laughs> that I'm drinking at the moment. It's crazy. But um, no, this one's really good. Really, really good. It's so fresh, too. I really feel like a fresh sensation. Um, yeah. I love citrus, and so I love lemonade. So this is just like perfect, the pairing with lemonade and beer, and I love it. So the back of the can says, Santa Monica Originals pair up for a beach brewed classic. Santa Monica Brewers presents 310 Stomped Shandy, a bright blonde of California blonde ale. Wait, sorry, a bright blend of California blonde <laughs> ale and zesty lemonade from Hot Dog on a Stick. Crisp and refreshing with balanced sweetness and citrusy, a citrusy twist like sipping a liquid sunshine. Ooh, I like that. I no, but know. it is. It's really, and then this is a perfect, perfect beer to have on a summer day. And today yes, was hot. It, it was pretty warm. Is. It wasn't in the 90s today. So I think it's perfect. Was it? Oh, I didn't even know. I think know. so. Oh, geez. Well, Torrance has a little, like, a little, like, breeze from the, from the ocean. So maybe it didn't feel like 90 to you, but. Um, I don't yeah, think it anyway. was 90 here. Um, probably not probably yeah. like 86 or something no nope, it was <laughs> it was the high today here was 72 oh, i hate you guys and we're literally <laughs> like what like not even 10 miles away from each other no but there's a difference yeah there's there is difference. Mm-hmm. yeah and anyway are we ready to actually rate it oh yes like <laughs> if I don't know what's on top of Super Saiyan, but that's what this is for me. Um, Super <laughs> Saiyan Plus, because I never thought that I would see a a canned shandy from a brewery. I've seen canned shandies before, but they're like overly sweet. And this is sweet, but it it, it is a very perfect balance. You get that that rind taste, that lemon rind taste that some people kind of don't like, but it's like so perfect for this. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know who else Mm -hmm. has a shandy? I tried um, Four Sons. I think it was Four Sons. Theirs was really good, too. Four um, Sons? Okay. In Huntington Beach, when I did a run over there, they had a they had a little uh, brewed tap room, and they had one that was on tap, and it was really good. Yeah, I like their brewery. I went there once uh, after the uh, Cherry Blossom Festival. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, it's like, tw- uh, like 10, 15-minute drive from there. So, just like... I never thought I was going to be able to watch TV on my phone. And lo and behold, I do it all the time. Another modern day miracle. Shandy in a can. So, (laughs) Super Saiyan for me. I cannot recommend this enough. And if you are in Santa Monica ever, I'll meet up with you at Santa Monica Brew Works. And we can have one together and it just enjoy it. It is so good. I like I said, I I can't praise it enough. Um, and if you live in Southern California, do check out your local grocery store because uh, I found mine in my local Ralph's here in Torrance, and Torrance is about twenty five miles away from Santa Monica. Nice. Yeah. It basically it was like a five minute drive from the. Uh, the shop to the brewery works, Santa Monica yes. Brewery Works. And I was like, oh, my God, Kristen, I would be here all the time. But then she <laughs> said, after work, I just want to go home. So yeah. it makes sense. 
Well, the level, one level above Super Saiyan is uh, Ultra Super Saiyan, so... There you go. (laughs) Now you know. Uh, For me, it's going to be a Super Saiyan. I really, really loved it. I love the fact that it's a shandy in a can, and you can purchase as many as you want. I actually talked to the staff at uh, Santa Santa Monica Brewery Works, and they were telling me how maybe the next rotation of this particular beer is going to be from a different type of lemonade. So rush to the store if you can to get this hot dog and a stick um, stop sh- stomped shandy and we'll see what the re- iteration of this beer will be next time they brew it but yeah those are really good marks for this and i'm very impressed with santa monica brewery works mm-hmm. they had oh my god can you tell us a little bit of the one that was like a resemblance of sticky monkey do you remember oh, what it's called that's right i don't remember what it's called because it was a beer that um that eddie ordered uh Mm. and he let me taste it i was like oh my gosh this kind of tastes like sticky monkeys like little brother or sister it was like a watered down sticky monkey um that just like base flavor was there and whereas with sticky monkey i have to sip it because it's Mm -hmm. so thick and just like very yeah it's almost like sipping a whiskey or a brandy yes. um yes. i actually just like to like get it on my lips and lick my lips and <laughs> enjoy it that way um but this was a drinkable beer i mean don't get me wrong sticky monkey's amazing but this was like a beer that you could like actually take gulps of <laughs> yeah it had exactly. that good taste and yeah unfortunately i don't remember what it was called but we'll have to go back and um and, and do some uh, recognizance yeah definitely so if you're in the area guys santa monica brewery works santa monica brew works and that has been our beer review all right guys now it's time for our book review and what are we reviewing today Kristen? today we are reviewing a book that we picked up at the latin Latin X Comics Art Festival. <laughs> uh, I always try to um, make sure I don't mess that one up, but that is the um, the comic arts festival that we went to in Modesto in March. Jeez, it's already been two months. Wow, oh, yeah. so much happened that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um, but we picked up a, a small children's book called Alejandria Fights Back. And the interesting thing and the most amazing thing about this book is that it is a book that is um, at the same time in English and in Spanish. So uh, the story is told in both languages. And so in Spanish, it's called La Lucha de Alejandria. Um, it is written by Leticia Hernandez Linares and... Um, the Rise Home Stories Project, and illustrated by Robert Lou Trujillo. And Robert is um, the person that we met there at the event, and he actually was on the panel that I moderated, um, which was basically using comics um, as uh, social justice, um, as a... As a uh, mechanism for social justice and Mm, mm. that particular panel was so super interesting and empowering and henry barajas was on it as well and so there was just an if you don't remember um he wrote um tata rambo uh was the mile 
wait, was the Mayo Tatarambo <laughs> um, about his great grandfather, who also was heavily involved in social justice and getting the Yaqui tribe uh, here in California to be officially recognized by the government and also to stop the 10 freeway from going through um, where they were located. So um, this book, Alejandria Fights Back, uh, is about nine-year-old Alejandria where her home isn't just the apartment she shares with mommy and her abuela tita, but rather the whole neighborhood. Home is the bakery where Miss Beatriz makes yummy picos, the sidewalk where Miss Alicia sells flowers with her little dog Duende, and the corner store with friendly Mr. Amir. But lately, the city has been changing and rent prices are going up. Many people in El Barrio are leaving because they can no longer afford their homes and for sale signs are popping up everywhere. Then the worst thing happens. Mommy receives a letter saying they'll have to move out too. Alejandria knows it isn't fair, but she's not about to give up and leave. Join Alejandria as she brings her community together to fight and save their neighborhood. So this is, uh, when I say it's a children's book, it is uh, probably, oh yeah, I was going to say 50 pages. It's like 43, 44. Four pages long. Um, it's like 47, including a glossary in the back where they explain a lot mm -hmm. of words uh, that they use. Not just Spanish words, but words like legal terms um, that they use. But the story basically is about how Alejandria's neighborhood is being gentrified. Uh, yes. And I felt... I definitely felt some some empathy and solidarity with Alejandria and her family because the same thing happened to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, some, totally. Somebody bought uh, the building that we lived in, and they wanted to get rid of people so that they could redo the apartments and um, charge a higher rent. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and that is what happened. We all got displaced, and that's what they did, and they basically almost doubled the rent. Uh, wow. for the apartments and they were small little one bedroom apartments like seriously and they were trying to get like $2,200 for them oh. super super like crazy ridiculous compared yeah. to what we were paying yeah so um, I really enjoyed this book I think it is so important to teach young people that they have a voice and that what mm -hmm. they say matters like I said Alejandria is only nine years old and in this story um, you actually see her kind of not wanting to speak up because she's like I'm just nine years old who's gonna listen to me uh, but mm -hmm. she ends up going to city council and ends up saying what she thinks and what she believes and um, actually People Inspires are, yes, people, people are um, very moved by what she has to say. So um, I really enjoy that part. Um, as listeners know, um, I used to work a lot with youth. And um, one of the main things that I notice throughout all of my experiences is that people um, dismiss children um, and youth and teens and a lot of times they have um, just as important things that they want to say and have to share. So um, I really like that that's what this book is about and what it focuses on and that even Alejandria's mom um, has to kind of be brought around to um, recognizing that uh, her daughter 
is uh, is basically very uh, what's the word I want to say? Aware. She's very very aware, but she's very um, moved. Inspired. No, no, no. The, uh, Alejandria is... Well, now I lost my complete train of thought because I'm just looking at the <laughs> beer can. I'm like, oh, I want to drink. Uh, <laughs> I know that... Uh, so her mom comes around to uh, realizing that it's important to speak up. That's what I was going to say. Because in the storyline, Alejandria's mom um, is afraid to speak up. She's an immigrant and she's afraid and for the first time ever she shares with Alejandria that um, people, They've... some people don't like them mm -hmm. um, because they're not uh, they're not like them. Um, they come from a different place and that it was interesting the way that that was approached because in the story Alejandria didn't ever feel that Uh, and so she kind of was not really sure what her mom was talking about. And I found that really interesting um, kind of aspect to the story that as a child, um, she she just saw the positive parts of her of of her neighborhood, whereas her mom was experiencing um, some of the racism uh, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that um, was happening on or going on around them. Mm hmm. Um, well, this is Sarah, and I really, really enjoyed this book. I love the artwork. I love the soft colors and the way they're all blended. I love all the different skin tones, and I know this is hard to achieve because you have to do, like, a lot of mixing in order to get, like, darker skin tones, lighter, medium, and all that stuff. So I think he did an excellent job in projecting that, and I believe the use uh, was watercolor throughout the book. Um, I also noticed that Alejandria is Nicaraguan, mm -hmm. Nicaraguan-American. And as you guys know, I am married to a Nicaraguan man. So I really like, I really loved going back and reading it in Spanish because there are a lot of things that they were mentioning in the book in English that um, are very Nicaraguan, como gallo pinto, pulperia, pulperia meaning like a uh, grocery store, little shop uh, around the corner. What, what, uh, what in New York they call bodegas, Bodega. they call mm -hmm. them, uh, they call them pulperia in Nicaragua. And she proceeded to call it pulperia. So I was like, wow, this is really freaking cool. They, you know, they, they really were severe, super, I wouldn't say severely. That sounds negative, but super <laughs> mega archie, um, archie. That's a, <laughs> that's a word that Frank, showed me it's kind of a Nicaraguan Archie super mega Archie uh, oh really but, um, how funny yeah super mega Archie but it's very unique f for the use in Nicaragua so like uh -huh. I really felt that they did their homework on actual oh, nice. translation for this specific family and this specific girl Alejandria um so I really really love that um um I read it today Um, because I have a lot of work to do and so like mm -hmm. I kind of I always save it to the last minute but I read it today but it really hit me because we are on the cusp of things happening in our country that are just mm -hmm. evil I, I don't even know what other name to call it just fucking evil where children are dying in their schools where they should be safe and anyway so <clears throat> it just really got to me you know because Um, these kids' voices are completely silenced forever. And here we have a book that is trying to 
show that kids have a voice and that we should listen to them and we shouldn't talk down to them and we should hear them out and you know they could even shine a different perspective on a situation like Alejandria did with her mom like Kristen was saying her mom was like she was careful and uh, the only thing that I could think of for her just seeing that she was careful and they shouldn't cause trouble is because she might have been illegal yeah, that's and what I so, thought as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she's like, you know, I don't want to fight this. I'm just going to, we'll figure this out. But Alejandro was like, no, this is our home and we have to fight for it. And I loved how the grandmother was like behind her granddaughter and said, you know, like when we were in Nicaragua, like, and we weren't, <clears throat> we weren't, um, uh, we weren't hurt by our government. We all rallied together and spoke up. And that's basically what kind of like, influences Alejandria to go ahead and do that and even though she was really having like severe anxiety to go up there and talk in front of everyone she actually caught the attention of a councilman who was working on helping people um have like better uh rent arrangements and so forth um but one of the things that I really loved was one of the pictures of Alejandria and she's wearing this t-shirt and it's a it's a green t-shirt and it has uh the Nicaraguan um a flag on it and so I was just so happy to see that, that I ran to my husband and I said look look at this and he's like what and I what do you mean what and I go it's the flag he goes yeah but it's on an, the African continent and I was like, oh, and I go, oh, shit, she's Afro-Latina. He goes, oh, okay. There's a large population of Afro-Latinos in Nicaragua. Um, there's a lot of black African, uh, black Nicaraguenses on the blue seal, blue field side of Nicaragua. It always tripped me out. I would talk to them in English. They would have their own dialect and they would speak Spanish. It was such a trip. But then he was like, oh, wow, that's super cool. Like that was like a special touch, I think. Yeah. Um, In the book, just like a real personal special touch, like, you know, like black Latinos. I love that. That was really amazing. Um, And I thought that was like really subtle and beautiful. And I just I thought it was great. And um, I. uh, uh among amidst everything that's happening it was really uplifting and it gives me hope so um i can't wait to share this book with other people and other people that only maybe only read spanish remember there's some older people like grandparents or great-grandparents that can read but maybe just like at a like an elementary school level because they had to leave school in order to support their family Mm -hmm. and this is something you can share with them and read with them in both their language and and yours which would be english but um this was amazing i thought it was really great and i'm really glad we picked one up um well i picked up what my own because i wanted to share it with my cousin (laughs) but um yeah and it was a really great book and we got the hardcover and the art is spectacular it's really great um, I thought they represented in the crowd, they represented like a whole different myriad of, um, I wouldn't say nationalities or races, I would say ethnic backgrounds. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, are so we in the ready back of the to- book, oh yeah, I uh-huh. just want to say ahead, really no, quick, in the yeah, back of the book, yeah. they tell you a little bit about the authors and the illustrator. And um, it, it says that it's written by Leticia Hernandez Linares and the Rise Home Stories Project. And so I was like, that's interesting. Uh, so in the back, it tells you that the Rise Home Stories Project is an innovative collaboration between multimedia storytellers and social justice advocates for several grassroots organizations who work at the nexus of housing, land, and racial justice in the United States. 
It came together in 2018 to reimagine the past, present, and future of our communities by transforming the stories we tell about land and home. And to that end, the Rise Home Stories Project is creating a body of multimedia projects aimed at diverse audiences that expose the generational impacts of racist land and housing policy while planting a long-term vision for our collective future. So that's amazing. Like that's a very, very specific issue that a lot of people deal with. And I think that uh, the fact that they're doing this and really focusing on different multimedia um, outlets for storytelling about social justice is just um, awesome. Uh, and in the back of the book, it says to learn more about how to fight for housing justice in your community, visit our website. And the website is alejandriafightsback.com. So um, this is not just a book telling a cute little story of a girl who found her voice, but it's actually doing work to help people who are experiencing this exact situation. And I think that's just great. That is really amazing. That is, I, I neglected to read the back, but that is, Thanks. Thank you for sharing that because that it's not only just like you said a, a heartwarming tale about a girl finding her voice, but there's an actual active movement behind the story as well. So mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. Now um, we're we, ready to read it. Now we're ready to read it. <laughs> um, I have followed this artist since the last time we were there. So I guess what three oh, years now. Nice. Yes. Um, and he has all sorts of amazing artwork and. Um, focusing on loving yourself um uh i think he had the sticker saying black is beautiful and it's just really beautiful like all his artwork is amazing and he's like really amazing when you hear him talk you're just kind of mm -hmm. captivated by like how his mind works and how he's really passionate about his work um i haven't met the author yet but reading from uh, from what is said on the back i think it's amazing and i'm I'm, I'm a fan now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia because it just, it's gonna speak to so many people. I mean, like I said, you could give it to a kid or you could even read it with like your grandma that maybe just had to leave school early because she had to support her family or your grandpa, or your uncle, or whoever. And it's in both English and Spanish. So it's really accessible for generations of people in your family. So I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia. And I wholeheartedly agree with everything Sarah said. I also am giving it the whole panaderia because um, social justice is definitely something that is close to my heart. I've worked in that um, area for almost my entire professional career before moving into comics with both uh, domestic violence and sexual assault and then moving into um, social uh, justice with youth involved with the juvenile justice system. So um, when I see these types of things um, being put out there into mediums that are more easily accessible to all ages and all backgrounds it just really warms my heart so the whole panaderia for this book absolutely and shout out to the translator because i just really felt that when she talked about gallo pinto i was like yes girl i know <laughs> yeah i know you just brought that up you said you were gonna bring some to uh to a, pot a, a potluck yeah i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna be able to try it soon oh yes yes <laughs> um, um i won't make it my husband well because he's the cook of the family but uh -huh. um it's so good and for those people out there looking for like new vegan dishes this is definitely something you should try look it up make it it's super delicious um besides that this is a wonderful <laughs> book the whole panaderia straight across 
All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Kristen, what is En La Libreria today? I almost was like, what? I don't do this. <laughs> I don't do this, <laughs> this segment. segment. Como? Como? <laughs> <laughs> but I am doing a guest En La Libreria for Jen, who is probably on her, like, at least fourth or fifth drinks by now. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Uh, we are today sharing a very special project that is being crowdfunded um, currently on uh, its Kickstarter. very first or week and a half, I think, maybe. Um, but it is on Kickstarter, and it is my husband's uh, <laughs> my husband's yeah. uh, crowdfunding uh, endeavor. It is the Complete Collectors Volume One funny comic about comics and wives and so this is uh, the story about eddie who is an avid comic book collector and he loves his wife and his comic book collection just not necessarily always in that order uh it's a hilarious almost true webcomic about balancing your comic book collecting with your married life and it is uh I don't know how many percentages, not telling me percent, but it is almost to its funding goal. It is 88% there. Uh, yes. It has a pledged goal of $5,000, and it's already at $4,437. And it is so exciting to see it just jump out of the gate so like so successfully it was such a nail biter when he first started it because he he couldn't sleep the night before uh because he was like oh my god you know is it gonna is it gonna be successful what's gonna happen is it gonna be you know me just like sweating it out for the whole entire 30 days but it funded more than half the first couple of days and so now we're 88 percent, and there's still 21 days to go so mm -hmm. those of you listening um, do you love comic books? Do you trip over long boxes all over the house? Do you have a significant other who has to live with your hobby? Well, then this book is for you. It's a collector's is a long running comic strip. 10 years that pokes fun at geek culture and the franchises that we all love like Marvel and DC comics and films, Star Wars, Walking Dead, and more. It's not just about being a comic book nerd, but also about the significant others who have to live with us. So if you go to <laughs> Kickstarter, um, and you can actually go to collectorsonkickstarter.com uh, and it'll take you directly to the Kickstarter link. You'll be able to see some examples of the strip and um, learn all about what you're going to get. So what basically happened is that since Eddie's been doing it for 10 years now, um, he has six volumes that he has um, published. So it's a weekly webcomic that you can read for free every Every week online but he's been doing it so long that um, the ones that he published so at the end of a year he'll publish like an annual um, but he's been doing it for so long that the ones he published for issues one two and three uh, well one and two are completely sold out or one and three are completely sold out regardless some of the books are completely sold out and whenever he goes to conventions people are always wanting to say well can i start with number one and even though this comic strip doesn't is it's not uh 
sequential. You don't have to start with number one. It's just like a it's like a Sunday funny style strip. Each one is its own joke. Um, he wanted to be able to um, present his earlier works for the people who are asking. So this is Complete Collectors Volume 1, which is a huge 200-page trade paperback that's going to be collecting the first three printed annual comics. So it's almost like an omnibus. Uh, and so these three annuals represent the first four years that Collectors was even in existence. And it's full of a lot of the early stuff that he did. Um, and... Uh, the annuals, the printed annuals, always um, also contain um, exclusive stuff that you couldn't see online that he did specifically for the printed stuff. So for when people are like, well, why should I buy it if I can get it for free online? First of all, a lot of these strips aren't available online anymore, but also you get exclusive content. So um, you can support uh, this endeavor. Um for as low as, well, you can put uh, whatever you want and not get anything, obviously, without a reward. Um, but for $5, you can uh, get a thank you if you just want to do that. But at $10, you get a Collector Volume 1 digital copy. Copy, and then at twenty you get a digital bundle. Well, you'll get the volume one copy plus all the other annuals four, five, and six, and then for thirty dollars you can get a print copy, uh, and there is a fifty dollar where you get complete collector's print bundle, which is um, annual four, five, six, and then. Uh, print copy of the main one um there's also if you go on to the kickstarter a variant cover which was done by esteemed cover artist jay sullivan who is a huge um uh gi joe uh, cover artist and he's just amazing he's an amazing artist and so you can get a variant cover too but there's a whole bunch of different tiers here if you're a retailer you can even get a retailer tier um definitely i'm i'm a hundred percent biased but definitely worth every penny that you're gonna put into it um because it's about me uh and eddie <laughs> but it's about me <laughs> and, and also a little extra little push everybody who participates everyone who donates or supports the kickstarter will be entered to win a copy of wolverine number one not just a copy of wolverine number one but a cgc graded 9.f and 8 copy i can't wait i know wolverine oh my god and he, <laughs> and he has two of them available and you know i used to freaking own that comic and just to have it in my like dirty little hands again will be like the <laughs> highlight of my life i'm so excited oh my god i don't know what happened to my original one i mean we, oh, no. we did a couple we, we moved around twice uh mm -hmm. since then since we had it i say we because it was my brother and myself um so i don't know what where it ended up but i remember owning that comic that oh, issue wow. yeah yeah but funny story or not so funny story but fun fact um I discovered, I don't even know how, but somehow in the algorithms of 
Facebook, I discovered Eddie's collector's comic strip and I started reading it and I became a fan. So I added him. Um, I, I, I liked his page and then I would get my comic strips regularly. And then one day I was going to go to Long Beach Comic Con and I was like, oh, my God, Eddie from Collectors is going to be there now. Needless to say, had I done a little research, I would have known he was local to Torrance. <laughs> but I thought he was from like Utah or Kansas or something. And I was of just course, like, <laughs> of course, the white man is from Utah or Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is gonna probably my only chance to like say, like get to meet him and have him, you know, sign a book. And so I went around the convention and I couldn't find his his table. And I was like, God, you know, like he's the only one I didn't get to see on my list. Like I'm gonna go around again. It, he was in between, like where you make the U turns in the in the rows. He mm-hmm. was on one of those tables. So I finally saw him, and I I interviewed him for another podcast that we shall not name the name of, <laughs> but. My husband was with me and we were just talking and talking and talking. And I was like, you know what? Your comic strip reminds me of my husband and my relationship only instead of it, of, of Kristen being me. It, Kristen is my husband and I'm the comic book and, you know, Funko Pop and, you know, f- freaking toy collector. And, you know, so we had a little laugh at that. But um, it was thanks to him and getting to know him that he introduced me to his wife, Kristen. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, she's Kristen from the comic. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, we started talking. And that's when Kristen was like, we should do a podcast. And that's and like 154 episodes later. Here we are, guys. Here we are drinking beers and reading comics. Yes. So that's my fun fact for collectors. <laughs> yes. So that's all to say that in this very special um, segment of En La Livaria, uh, Collectors Comic, you can go to Collectors Comic dot. Wait, no. Collectors Comic. No. Collectors on Kickstarter. There you go. Go to Collectors on Kickstarter.com and you can find um, the Kickstarter or you can go on Kickstarter and just search Collectors because it was chosen as a Projects We Love um, that very first uh, week. So that's such an amazing uh, accolade for him to earn Um, and he's done uh, Kickstarters in the past and it's never happened and this one is just uh, really really being um, seen by a lot of different people he's getting new people backing him that he's never had back before so that's really really uh, exciting for um, all of us and uh, it's just an amazing thing for him to be doing and being able to to see all that success so go to collectors on kickstarter.com and support your local indie comic creator although that was a beautiful closing i just have to add this um there's a lot of projects we back on kickstarter where um they haven't completed the book let me just mm-hmm. tell you once this kickstarter is complete the book is already ready to go Um, It just needs to get printed, but the whole thing is already mapped out or whatever you graphic designed out or whatever it is that they do when they do the editing. Um, It's not a book that has to yet to be drawn. It's not a book that has yet to be put together. It's already ready to go. So you won't have to wait a year to get it. You won't have to wait two years to get it. It'll be in your dirty little hands right away. So go ahead and click on that link and back that project. You will not be I can't think of the word. Sorry. <laughs> you will not be sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know why in my mind I was t- thinking dissatisfied. Oh, I don't that know. too. It was weird. <laughs> but yes, no, it's uh, ready to go. So you'll have it right away once once the Kickstarter is over. It, the shipping will will commence. So back that project. All right, guys. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen has some Juntos y Fuertes Ooh. for us uh, yet again. Another segment for her. Let's do this. That is true. I do have one for you. So this week on Juntos y Fuertes is hold on. I had to burp. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, it is QCon. It is an LGBTQ plus Comic Con. I'm so excited for this because this is being put on by Prism Comics and WeHo Pride. Uh, WeHo, for those of you who are not local to Los Angeles area, stands for West Hollywood. And um, it is uh, the LGBTQ Arts Festival in West Hollywood. Um, and Pride shenanigans going on all month long in June. And they uh, with have partnered with Prism to put together a queer con, a Q con. It is going to be happening on Saturday, June 18th at 10 a.m. all the way to 5 p.m. at Fiesta Hall in Plummer Park. It's going to um, happen that day. And you can go to Prism comics.org slash q dash con to follow them you can go uh, to at prism comics on all of the social media and learn more information about the event and who's going to be there cosplay is encouraged and there's going to actually be a contest for fun and prizes so if you are a cosplayer check it out because you could win prizes. Uh, Some of the people who are going to be there are uh, Tara Madison Avery, who is the, um, she runs Stacked Deck Press, um, and that is the publishing company that published We Are Still Here, the book uh, written by and about trans um, creators uh, and people and characters um, that we absolutely loved. Um, I'm not sure what episode mm-hmm. that was on, but um, just you could search for uh, that episode to listen to. Um, David Boer, A.C. Esguera, Cena Grace, who um, funny little tidbit uh, and connection to uh, Cena. Cena used to work for Heidi Ho Comics back in the day when he was a teenager and then went on to be uh, an editor with Image and Skybound. He edited the Walking Dead comics for years um, and he also does his own comics. He wrote Silver Surfer um, during the time where uh, Silver Surfer came out. So it is just um, a plethora of amazing creators that are going to be here. I'm staring at a huge list of of creators um, that are going to be there and you would be remiss to not go and experience all the amazingness that will be there. So, um, and the cool thing about it is that it's going to be the very week before Heidi Ho has their Pride Con in conjunction with Santa Monica, downtown Santa Monica, um, we are going to be having a Pride Con um, helping Santa Monica to celebrate their month-long endeavor of supporting LGBTQ um, plus creators and voices at our convention as well. So um, that will be the next Saturday, which is the 20. 
24th, 25th. Okay, let me look at the calendar mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that I tell you the right um, date. The 25th, the 25th of June, and ours will be 12 to 5 at Heidi Hill Comics in Santa Monica. Oh, yeah, I said ice, I said Silver Surfer, and it's Iceman. You know what? I just saw silver <laughs> in my head, and I said Silver Surfer, but it's, uh, it's Iceman. <laughs> and it even says right here on the card that I'm reading from that Cena Grace <laughs> Grace wrote uh, Silver Surfer and Rockstar and Soft Boy. I mean Silver Surfer, Iceman. It says Iceman, but I keep saying Silver Surfer. Anyway, you guys all know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 husband came around from the corner with a sign that in big letters it said Iceman, not Sorcerer. <laughs> oh yes, behind the scenes, guys, behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for saludos and saludos goes out today, today to a fellow podcast because I feel and I know that there is enough room for all of us. And we already know that everybody has a podcast, <laughs> but this particular podcast I really, really loved. It's called Hyphenated and it's with Joanna Hausman and Jenny Jenny Lorenzo, which you guys know that I met Jenny Lorenzo and now we're BFFs. Not really, no, but uh, <laughs> but I'd like to think that we are. <laughs> um, I met her at a um, Latino Comics Expo in um, at MOLA, so um, I checked out her podcast, and I wish I had checked it out before, um, but I didn't even know about it. So um, ever since then, I actually started listening from episode one, and I have been captivated, and I'm already almost current. Um, I think they have like 67 episodes right now. Um, but yes, they are hyphenated, and it's basically... It's an English language podcast about living in the hyphen that connects American and Latin culture. So like... Latino, uh, like como Mexican American, Mexican hyphen American, uh, like, um, like when you hyphenate your name after marriage, like, you know, all these hyphens, like Afro Latina, like all these hyphens. And so it's sort of like exploring living within the hyphen. And so, um, Joanna, she is, um, Venezolana, Venezolana and, um, Jenny is Cuban American too, so like they have different types of Latinidad in the way they like tackle um, subject matter on their pod podcast. Um, but it, I mean, I could tell you right now, as a Mexican American, I can relate to like ninety percent of what they're saying, and it's so funny because they're both kind of they're kind of come from comedic backgrounds so most of the time you end up laughing your ass off and sometimes they bring in special guests uh uh guest um guests on the podcast that can range from like music uh talent to actors to actresses to producers to it's just a wide range uh, like a right wide range net across the latinidad of being in this country it's really just quite amazing um so anyway i'm <laughs> i'm going off of a tangent here but anyway check it out um you can follow them on instagram they are part of uh pitaya fm so that's at 
Pitaya, the letter F and the letter M, Pitaya FM. And if you're asking yourself, what the heck is a Pitaya? <laughs> it's basically dragon fruit. <laughs> but, but pitaya um they usually like i went to nicaragua and they make like agua de pitaya and it's like freaking delicious but anyway um and i don't know if they have dragon fruit soft drinks uh, drinks in mexico but regardless follow them check out their podcast it's 30 minutes 30 30 to 45 minutes and it's really 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 interesting and it's really funny and saludos goes out to hyphenated the podcast All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, Kristen? You can find us at our very own website, comadesycomics.com, where you can uh, find links to all of our social media on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Instagram, where else are we out? Twitter. Tick-a-talk. 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 You can also email us at comadesycomics at gmail.com. There is a form on our website that you can reach out to us on as well. And I think that's it yes most definitely and don't forget to like and subscribe our um, YouTube channel where we do and conduct interviews with local comics creatives um, and we like to highlight independent creatives so uh, we try to do those as much as we can but having to schedule sometimes conflicts and stuff like that but yeah. we try to bring new content whenever we can so please like and subscribe so you know and are aware on when we come out with a new episode um, but that has been it for this episode we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen <laughs> and Jen is not here but she's here in spirit it's just a moment of silence there <laughs> <laughs> it's okay bye guys bye, bye.